Hi everyone, I'm your host Roy George and welcome to Triple Threats and Beyond. Again, step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch. 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 Right, that connects with turn, turn, out, in, jump, step, step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch. Got it? Going on. And turn, turn, touch, down, back, step, pivot, step, walk, 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 right. Let's do the whole combination facing away from the mirror. From the top, a five, six, seven, eight. Hi, everybody. So uh, life is changing and my phone is going off and I should probably put it on mute. So I just did. Um, I We're in the middle of this COVID-19 situation and I'm excited to bring some guests to us that we can do via Skype and Zoom. And I have an incredible casting director who I've gotten to know over the past couple days we're a part of a I guess support group I don't really know but it's kind of like a morning meeting check-in group and I really like it so I'm excited to welcome Daryl Eisenberg to the show and I'm we're gonna talk did I get it right I said it right right you said it right okay good I was just checking because we talked about that before air um I'm excited to have you on the show thank you for being here and thank you for uh chatting with us it's gonna be we're gonna have some fun Cool. I just also want to say thank you for having this be audio only and not video. I feel like I've spent the past two weeks sitting on Zoom worrying about my lighting and my hair looking frizzy and do I have enough makeup on because I look shiny. It is such a relief to not be on video right now, not to have like a camera close up on my pores. So I am all you. about fun and relaxation and the podcast started with grab a cup of coffee and sit in your PJs. So I feel like sometimes we can just keep that the same. So here we are. I'm in... I'm in the Zoom uniform, which is like business on top and pajamas on the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's now our new normal is like from the chest up, we have to look professional and anything else is slippers and sweats. So I'm okay with that. Exactly. So you have quite the business. I was doing some research before we went on and have cast some incredible movies, incredible TV shows. You have... um, of course, we can't really get away with not talking about the COVID-19 and the shutdown. You have some projects that are in post-production and pre-production. And with all of this happening, I imagine it's outrageous to see what's next and how to go forward and how you're still working. So I'm excited you're here and excited to talk to you about what you all do. Sure. Uh, I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about COVID and projects? Do you want to talk about Let's let's talk about where it all started. Let's go happy first and then we'll kind of like hump into the COVID-19 and then get out of it with positive as well. So where did it all start? Tell me everything. I'm so excited. Oh, all right. So it all started. (laughs) I was a little girl growing up in suburban New Jersey uh, and just loved to sing and dance and act like all the other little kids in dance school do. Uh, And I, so I did the circuit. I did baby June and, Helen Keller and Anne Frank and like, you know, all the staples that a good girl in suburban New Jersey does when she thinks she wants to perform. Um, but very quickly realized I probably wasn't meant to be a performer as much as I loved it. Uh, and I remember, you know, standing at rehearsal for like my high school musical and being like, this is, this is nonsense. Like I could direct this better. I could do this, do that. And my friends were like, yeah, so why don't you be a director then? And I was like, Hey, yeah, you know what? I will be, um, <laughs> all full of, of hubris and self 
confidence as a good teenage girl does. Um, but very quickly realized I didn't actually want to direct. I wanted to be, decide who sang day by day in Godspell, but I had no desire to like put day by day up on stage. Okay. Um, and a, men- a mentor was like, Hey, you could, you could just go into casting then. I was like, Oh, what? He's like casting director. And I was like, that's a thing. Like I only have to do the one part that I enjoy and I don't actually have to do the rest. And he's that's like, yeah, funny. that's a thing. Um, so I went to NYU and did their undergraduate drama program at the Players Horizon Studio because they had a directing focus for undergraduates, which is rare. I figured if I wanted to be a casting director, I could do the second half of that directing and figure out the casting part on my own. Um, and my summer after my freshman year of NYU, I applied for a whole bunch of internships and was really fortunate to sort of have a bunch to choose from. Uh, but I just had a a spark when I met with Megan Larsh at Fender Casting and when she offered me the internship, there was just no way I wasn't going to say yes. I was itching to work with her. I was itching to work at the company. Um, and so I started interning there and my second day at that internship, a friend of a friend called me and said, Hey, you work in casting now. Will you cast our friend show? And wow. again, full of hubris and self-confidence. I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> and so that legendary summer, I spent my days interning at Fender Casting and so my nights and weekends, uh, casting a friend show and then a student film and then another show and things started pouring in. So I wrapped up NYU, uh, finishing up at playwrights, interning during the day, casting whatever I could on the side, um, graduated. And the day after graduation started as an assistant, uh, and then grew from office to office as an assistant associate and into a casting director and all while sort of doing my own independent projects, wherever I could squeeze them in. Um, but at some point the independent projects really became too much of my time, uh, versus when I was in somebody else's office. So quickly broke off and have been fully independent in my own office since 2009. Um, and so that was all under Daryl Eisenberg casting. Um, and Three years ago, took on a business partner, Ali Beans. She's an incredible casting director, and we rebranded as Eisenberg Beans Casting. And it's been the best three years of my career thus far being teamed up with Ali. She's amazing. Um, and that's kind of the short story of how it all started. Uh, there's a bunch more fun stories in there, like going to my very first day at my very first job the day after my 21st birthday. That was an interesting one. Oh, wow. Um, Tons of fun tales in there, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so I'm curious as to, and I'm sure you probably get this question a lot, uh, being a female in the industry, I know it, the tides are changing, I'm sure. I, I'm not a female, so I have no idea. But I'm curious as to starting out, what that was like having to make a name for yourself being a female in this industry. So I think when I was young, I was too naive and too just just young to understand sort of the, the world of sexism mm-hmm. um, and the, the lack of support that women, especially mothers in our workforce have. Uh, and it's only now having gone through a lot of the thick of it that I'm starting un- to understand what even this all means to be a working woman. Mm. Um, I will say that it, I did not have many mentors who were working moms as casting directors. Okay. Um, in fact, I can really only think of one or two in the course of my sort of apprenticeship within the industry um, of female casting directors who are also mothers. Um, so that was tricky, trying to figure out how do you navigate um, 
maternity leave when you run your own business? How do you navigate um, seeing all the theater that we have to see at night, which is also the only time I can see my children when I'm working during the day? Uh, I didn't really have too many role models or examples. We still don't really have that many role models or examples of how to make it work because it's freaking impossible to make it work. Um, I'm still learning day by day how to balance parenting and running a company. Um, so that's been, it's just a specific challenge. Um, oftentimes Allie and I are the only female creative team members. Mm-hmm. Um, we're almost always the only females in the room and that can be tricky because we feel sort of a responsibility to be the voice of all women, which is a responsibility we, we, we are in not equipped to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, but having the lens of just being a female telling the story is sometimes unique to us. We are the only ones with that lens. And so being uh, aware of a voice sometimes that we have to speak up because there are no other women at the table to speak up. Um, so that's been interesting as well. Uh, and I never thought that being a female-owned casting office would be part of our pitch because I like to think that we are just a, a kick-ass casting office. Uh, but I'll be <laughs> reminding people that we are a female owned casting office is, is an important part of it because again, sometimes we are the only female creative team members. I think that's so cool though. I, I from what I've heard and, and doing a little bit more research in the world, there are also grants that are just for female owned businesses. There are just, um, pockets of things that are available for just female owned businesses, which I think is really cool. Um, you had mentioned being a parent and having to do, you know, see shows and cast shows and rehearse. What is that? What is the biggest shift been for you in how to, ju- I, I don't want to say juggle because it makes it seem like they're not as important, but to balance all of that, I guess is the better word. My time is valuable. Mm. Um, and it is sort of the equalizing thing here that we all only have 24 hours, but my time is also not my own. I, I owe it to my children to see them. And so just figuring out how to pack everything that I need to pack into the day and knowing, you know, sometimes taking a phone call at eight o'clock at night is better than taking it at six o'clock. Cause at six o'clock, my kids are awake and they want me at eight o'clock. They're in bed and my responsibility level goes down. So it's just sort of shifting where I work and how I work. And I still work my 24 hours, but it's just being aware of being generous to my family. So they're getting a piece of me in the same way that my shows and my films are getting a piece of me. I love that. I, I think that's so important to highlight. If you could give advice to someone getting ready to start out doing what you're doing, what would that advice be? Be a student of the industry. Um, watch everything you can watch and read everything you can read. Even if you are in, you know, Texas and you're dying to work on Broadway. Well, guess what? Tours are coming to your town Playbill.com exists. Subscribe to the Broadway briefing. Watch the Tonys. Watch the morning show clips of every show. Like you can, there's a wealth of information that's accessible from anywhere to anyone at usually very little cost, especially if it's online. So just expose yourself and then start to develop an opinion, especially in casting, develop an opinion on actors. What floats your boat? What do you jam with? Who do you really respond to? Um, It's okay to have your own taste in casting to know these are actors that like really perk me up um, and start to just, just remember who's in what, who's done what, what is their experience? What their, what does their resume look like? I mean, as a kid, I love to compare playbills of shows. I saw, I'd be like, wait a second. I saw that 
ensemble member in that show, and then they were in this show, but then in the next show, they were actually a supporting role. And now they're the lead. I've seen that whole trajectory of their career. Like, that would just, oh, I would live for that as a kid, just sort of watching that, like, six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon game of, like, who's done what show with who out. Like, I, that stuff would really got me going and now it's all mine you can just look and go to playbill.com and check out the whole vault of all the different uh cast lists uh so just being a student of the industry watching everything reading everything um know what's going on know the names of the people and what they've done and perhaps what they haven't done because in casting that's kind of a fun thing while we know that this person always says this sort of thing so wouldn't it be awesome if they got to do something different don't you think that actor is up for something new or in fact is looking to do something new and is more likely to say yes to a project if it's something new. Um, so it's, it's looking at both the positive of their resume and look at, look at the negative version of it. And I don't mean good or bad. I mean like, you know, both directions, the, the what's there and then what's not there. Look at the white space on their resume yeah. um, and figure out, well, this is what they've done. So what might they want to do next? And that's also kind of the fun mm-hmm. of casting is, getting people outside the medium that they're known for outside the genre that they're known for or the level of role that they're known for and letting them stretch their muscles. Like that's one of the coolest things we get to do in casting. That's so rich too. Like I love, and you have, you've done everything. You've cast from podcasts to uh, cruise lines, television, film, uh, Broadway, off Broadway. Is there one that you prefer to do more? I mean, I, I won't lie that getting the band back together on Broadway was a singular experience. It was just one of the highlights of, of my career because it was a project I had been working on since before there was a script. I think it was eight or nine years before we debuted on Broadway. I got an email from Ken Davenport saying, hey, I have an idea for a show. Could we have auditions without a script? And my response was like, of course, we can do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> and you know, eight or nine years later, we opened on Broadway. Uh so many of the actors in that show made their Broadway debuts. Some of the actors wrote their roles. Uh, I mean, it was just a journey, a roller coaster. Um, and so that was just a, a singular experience. I hope we have more of, of those, uh, particularly giving people their Broadway debuts is one of the greatest gifts we have in that's, casting. That's um, awesome. So that was a singular experience, but I get asked all the time, like what's the, your favorite thing you've ever cast or what are you most excited about? And my answer has really been, it's whatever I'm working on in this very moment. That's what I'm most excited about because Mm. I have to be the biggest cheerleader for whatever that piece is, because I'm the one who's going to the agents and the managers and the actors being like, you've got to get on board this train because it's going to be awesome. Mm. Um, And so I have to have that passion for whatever I'm working on because I have to sell it. I have to pitch it and I have to believe in that I'm doing the right thing to the agents and the managers and the actors. And there's always something about a project that if I'm willing to work on it, I'm going to be like, that's why I'm working on it. It's because I'm excited about it. Right. Um, and it can be, you know, I was working on a commercial, you know, month and a half ago. And I like at the moment, it was the thing I was most excited about because we were so committed to inclusive casting and they were really thinking outside the box in terms of family setups and marriage dynamics and what a family could look like on television. Mm. Uh, and it was just thrilling to live in such a, realistic world and right now we're working on a podcast it's you know obviously podcasts are going to be a thing for a little while uh, and it's a fictional um fictional audio series and the script is so good 
and we think we're going to get some really fun actors because the whole thing's going to be recorded in their own homes. Oh, and I'm wow. just like jumping joy about it and shouting to the rooftops of how cool this piece is uh, because I think it is so timely and, and so um, innovative and such a smart thing to be doing in this moment. And this, just the story they're telling is fascinating. So really, it's whatever I'm working on right now, that's the thing I'm going to be like jumping up and down for because I have to be, I have to be the one jumping up and down for it. I, I love that. I think that's so awesome. So you, um, I had a great question and it literally just left my head. Hold on, come back to me. It was so good. Oh, don't you hate when that happens? Always. I never, <laughs> I never remember anything. If I don't write it down immediately on my to-do list or immediately send that email, it's gone forever. And then I never, <laughs> I never get the strawberries at the supermarket or set up that meeting I meant to set up. I have I to do everything that. like the moment it's in my head. <laughs> it, oh, I remember. It was a comparison question. So I have a lot of younger listeners that are, you know, getting ready to either go to college and study musical theater or theater or film or whatnot. Or I have some friends that are graduating college and they're getting ready to spring themselves into this industry and I think one of the most common questions that I've heard are the difference between a casting agent, a casting director, and a manager. I think they're all, everybody feels like everybody's hand is in the same pot, and I don't think that that's true. So can you explain what your agency does, what you and your uh, casting partner does, and then what a manager would, how a manager would fit into the three of you working together? Sure. Okay. So... There is no such thing as a casting agent. Throw it out the window. Tell the New York Times to stop running that word. There's a talent agent and a casting director. Those two things don't mix. And then there's a manager. That's the third. Okay, so let's put agents and managers on little on one little side of the table and casting directors on the other. So casting directors are hired by usually the producer or the production team, sometimes the director, to help them find the actors to fill the role in a project. Um. On the other side of the table are agents and managers, and they have a list of actors that they represent. Agents and managers, the difference between them is too long of a conversation for us to get in here. You should have another <laughs> podcast about that. Um, it, there's like legality, but who can negotiate a contract, but that's neither here nor there. And also sometimes the percentage that they earn will differ. Uh, and in the broadest strokes, and I'm going to get hate mail from agents and managers, generally agents have longer lists of actors they represent and managers have a much smaller pool of actors that they represent. But that's as much as I'm going to touch on it. So we're going to say agents and managers as one word right now. Agents and managers represent the actors. And then it is up to the conversation between the casting director and the agents and managers to take, here are all the roles we need actors for. And the agents and managers saying, here are all the actors we have who might be a good fit for it. Uh, and okay. put that little puzzle together. So we're sort of the conduit. And I don't want to say middleman because a, that's gendered and B it sort of diminishes what we do, what we do. It's really an art. It's a craft. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's being that, that line of communication that is consistent when the projects change and when the actors that are right for the project change, our relationship stays consistent over time and grows over time. Um, so although the project is different, we're going back to, to established relationships already. We're not starting from scratch in learning how an agent and manager works or what their taste is or what the clients are willing to do. Uh, those are our relationships and our connections that last through a career. Got you. I like that makes way more sense now. 
because everybody's like, I have all these things. And I was like, I don't know why you have all of them if you don't need all of them. But that's you, can, you can't have a casting director. That's not the thing. <laughs> right. Uh, that's what I thought. And you can have an agent or have a manager or have both. Though I would argue someone just in school likely doesn't need both. Um, but you can't have a casting director. You can have me for dinner. Uh, but you can't have me. That's not a thing. (laughs) So what is a common misunderstanding about, uh, so what word am I throwing out of, out of the, out of the game? Casting agent, not a thing. Talent Talent agent. agent, Casting director, different. What, what is a common misunderstanding that people have of what you do? I get a lot of times like, can I be on your roster? An actor will say that. I'm like, Oh, I don't, my roster is every actor that exists in the universe. So yeah, sure. Totally. Um, <laughs> agents and managers, they have a roster. They have a list of folks that they have agreed to work with, that they will earn a percentage of that actor's income. They have a roster. I don't have a roster. I get hired by my clients, which are generally producers or general managers or production entities to help them almost like human resources, fill their talent need. Um, and so I am open to any actor if they fill that need. <laughs> I, I'm not limited to a finite pool of actors Got for you. any given project. What is the best advice over the years that you've been given? I know that's such a broad and hard question, but what's just a really great piece of advice that has traveled with you through all the different avenues that you've worked? Say yes. Hmm. Now, can you elaborate a little bit on that one? Yeah, that be open. Mm-hmm. Um, another piece of advice that I give, but I often take on myself is work begets work begets work. Um, you may know like I want to do X, Y, Z. Okay. You, it, you don't wait for that X, Y, Z to come along. You work because that work's going to build upon itself. It's going to help grow. Uh, it's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. You do one project. All right. Now you've got a good relationship with those people. They're all going to go on to new projects and hopefully you'll go and work on them on those projects and you're going to grow and grow and grow and your network is going to expand. Your knowledge is going to expand. Your experience is going to expand. Um, and it's all going to build upon itself to eventually you'll have grown your experience large enough to get to whatever that pinnacle thing is that you, you've had as a goal or, mm. or not, or beyond that or something different than that as your goals change, whatever. Um, but saying yes and work begets work sort of go hand in hand of just, if you can do uh, that's not saying to undervalue your, you, yourself or to say yes to just about everything. You know, have have a threshold, have really? taste, work on things that excite you. Um, but when possible, say yes. Mm, I love that. I You get to spend a lot of time behind the table. And so I'm curious if you have any, you know, pieces of advice for do not do's for people that come in and audition. Um... Let's think. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. Be professional. And be kind. If you can be all those things, you're probably in a good place. And it's odd because it seems so simple, but also one of the more obvious things that get thrown out the window every once in a while, in my opinion. So I, I hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it, it works in all walks of life. Uh, be prepared. That means do your homework, do the work throughout your career to be able to be ready for the next challenge. Um, 
and being prepared is also being respectful of someone's time. You're walking in, you've done, you've done your homework, you've gone to the meeting, ready to to move forward in whatever that capacity is. Be professional. And that also means like understanding the world you're in, know the norms of your industry, um, understand terminology of your industry, understand, uh, the timing of your industry, uh, and just be professional. And that's just being uh, a student of your industry and knowing, knowing the world you're living in allows you to act appropriately for the world you're living in. And then be kind, just be a nice person, mm. treat other people how you would want to be treated, be respectful of time, respectful of space. Um, especially in what we do and especially in what casting does. Yes, we're adjudicating how you are in that role, but we're also looking at you as a potential collaborator of someone mm. we're going to have in the audition or sorry, in the rehearsal room on set, um, backstage. And I would say a bulk of our exposure to you is going to be not you saying those words out loud, but you just being a person in the collaborative environment. Right. And so, so much of who you are as a person and whether or not you're an energy or, or a, a mindset that we want to be around, that's so much of the equation and it bleeds into your performance it is you know you are you uh and so there's no escaping sort of the inherent you-ness of you and so being all those things prepared professional and kind that will get you very far mm, prepared professional and kind i love that i feel like that needs to be on a t-shirt needs to be like in somebody's wallet all the things it's awesome throughout your experience what's the hardest lesson you've learned in the industry Uh, despite being prepared, professional, and kind, it won't always go your way. Mm. And that's hard. Wow. It's not, it's not always the meritocracy here, as much as we wish it were. Um, and it's where sexism comes into play. It's where ageism can come into play. It's where um, the je ne sais quoi comes into play. It just, sometimes it's just not, it's not you. It's not yours. And I think, and that's just the, me thinking as a casting director. Of course, it also applies to an actor. Sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It's just not in the cards for it to work out for that experience. Um, sometimes it's for bad reasons that it doesn't work out. And that's, that's shitty, too. Uh, sometimes you want to scream and yell and be like, that's just not fair. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time, life's not fair. But you got to be prepared and professional and kind and move on from it in a prepared, professional and kind way. Um, so that's been hard. That. The, the project you were itching to work on and you thought you had every business working on it, you just aren't, that's tough. Right. Yeah. If you could go back and do something over again, what would that be? Whether it was something that you feel like you can do better or something that you had such an amazing time doing that you would do it again in a heartbeat? Well, I'll start with the negative and I'll, I will end with the positive. So <laughs> um, I think I can think of some, a few projects where managing expectations from the start uh, was a lesson learned of um, making sure everyone's on the same page of what they expect that experience to be mm. and how they think that experience is going to go. It, that's important. Um, and when not everyone's on the not on the same page, and when not everyone understands who's sort of steering that ship, that can be really difficult. And sometimes you'll learn a little too late that it was something that should have been articulated early on, um, and then it, it wasn't, and then it can fester or it can grow into something outside the the world of redemption. Um, I'm thinking a lot of like, it's kind of like marriage. Like you never go to bed angry. You always, you try to deal with it quick and yeah. soon and articulate right, right up front what your needs are. So you can make sure your needs are met. Um, and I think 
we as casting directors always need to make sure we're, we're managing expectations and articulating what our needs are as should the creative team members. That way we're all walking into a relationship and into a collaboration, speaking the same language, understanding what to expect from each other. So nobody's disappointed in either direction mm. and a positive experience. Oh my, oh, I mean, again, I guess like all of, all of them end up being in one way, shape or form a positive experience, but I think it's, it's exciting when a hundred percent of everyone's first choice says yes, because that's, that's exciting. Um, it's exciting when you help the creative team see something in a way they didn't always see it. It's exciting when uh, the team's commitment to inclusive casting that they've, you know, uh, articulated from the first moment is seen at the end of that cast list that like, yes, we've stuck to our commitment and we made it happen. That's exciting. Um, So I know this is all vague and not specific because there's just most of the time it's, it's a thrilling process. We get to, work on art and at the end of the day, give people jobs. So it's all exciting. I, I love your outlook and I love your energy. I just want to put that out there. That's not a question, but I just had to tell you, it's so cool. Thanks. Trying to be optimistic in the scary, scary world that we live in right now. I hear that. Um, what would you ask of our high school and even college professors and teachers as they get kids and, you know, young adults ready to be sprung into this world? build a website. Mm. Uh, it should have your headshot, your resume and your contact info, not a contact form. Um, I want to know that I'm reaching you directly because if I've resorted to finding you on a website, I usually need you urgently. Um, and a contact form is never a reliable way to contact someone. Uh, so build your website. Uh, again, be a student of the industry. What are the industry norms? Are we looking for, you know, a three sentence objective at the top of your resume. Nope. That's a different universe. Don't do that. Um, are we using color headshots, not black and white? You'd be surprised where people are not given that advice. Um, have you started thinking about how you're going to build a reel or how you're going to get any on camera experience? Where do you start? Mm-hmm. Um, have you thought about putting your book on tape? If you're a musical theater performer, maybe you should. So that way when the self tape requests come in, it's not reinventing the wheel every time. Um, I think there's a lot of, and it's funny because all this advice is also like what people can be doing right now when they're sequestered at home. Um, it's a lot of doing all the homework and all the preparation. So when it's time to start running, you, you, you're there, you've already prepared yourself, you're ready to go and you're not pressing pause and then starting to think about recording your material or putting together a reel or getting your headshots. You can do all of that before you ever get to New York or before this quarantine is over. Um, you can just do a lot of the legwork and the prep now. I love that. And I, it was a perfect segue because now we get to talk about this uh, quarantine situation. So um, as I was doing some research, I saw that you have a lot of production. You have quite a few projects in post-production. And um, the sucky part about this quarantine, but also the good part, is that everybody's in the same boat. It's been a long time since everybody was, you know, suffering from the same thing. We had the California wildfires, we had the Australian wildfires, but now this is really a global situation. And so I'm curious as to how the projects that you're working on are kind of stalled out and what, if you can share some of the plans that you have to go forward or um, some thoughts on what's going on in the industry or what you think the industry is going to be when this all gets over. I, it's hard to ask these questions because we really just don't know, but I'm just curious if there's any uh, thoughts that you've thought about going ahead of it. Oh, so many thoughts. Um, 
That was a very complicated question, so I'm not quite sure which is the exact question I'm, I'm meant to answer. Um, I don't know what to ask. It's a hard question <laughs> to ask, so I don't even know. I guess you are heavily affected by what's happening right now and have some projects that are kind of just sitting out there. Um, is there any way for your projects to go forward through this quarantine, or do you kind of have to wait for it to pass with everybody else? Um, we're fortunate that a lot of our, of our projects, based on what stage they were at, are still moving forward, awesome. even with perhaps a slightly revised timeline. Um, but at the moment, the, nothing we were working on has disappeared. Good. Um, what we think is all the projects that would normally be coming to us at this time, because this is generally our busy time where a lot of things pop up, I think a lot of the projects we would have normally been hearing about have disappeared and have evaporated and we'll never know they didn't happen because they never came to us. Right. So I think that's what we're going to see is that we're still finishing out the season we're in and the season we were going to get to come late spring, early summer. That's when I think we'll see that's where the big drop off is. Okay. And thankfully a lot of the projects we were working on were developmental work. So they still had some nimbleness in their scheduling. So things that were supposed to happen like in April, they're now looking at perhaps May or June and it's fine. And in fact, for some of them have worked out for the best because actors that weren't available for us before their schedules have cleared and they've come back and be like, Hey, if you change your dates, we're available now that thing canceled. Um, so we're trying to find the silver linings in our casting process there. Um, uh, another show, the only thing that changed is we were meant to have in-person auditions the past two weeks and now it's all via self-tape. Okay. Uh, but we're still meeting as a creative team, you know, every other day or so and reviewing those self tapes, uh, and making offers somewhat on the same timeline. We would have had it all been in person. Um, so, so far we're, we're hanging in there. We had one film that had three days left on their shoot and they had to, they had to press pause. So that's going to be an interesting one to try to pick up again right. in the future. Um, whenever we have the green light to, to gather again. Um, but that seems to be more the exception than the rule for the things that happen to be on our plate right now. And so for that, we're fortunate. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I guess there's, there's hope at the end of the tunnel. There's the light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. There's all of those things. It just is mildly inconvenient at the time, I would assume. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited. I want to do just one little thing before we leave. Um, it's a small game that I usually play with all of my guests. It's nothing too brain crazy, but um, we have the opportunity to go on your website and learn about your company and learn about your, you know, what you've done and the projects that you've worked on. But one of the things that I've realized in hosting this podcast is we don't have the opportunity to learn about people as human beings. And so I have some rapid fire questions that I would love to know just about you as a person. Sure. Alrighty. What's your favorite color? Pink. Favorite candy? Oh, like the dots and the piece of paper? Rainbow dots? I don't yeah. know what they're called. They're good. That's funny. I've never heard anybody say that. I love that. Favorite TV show? West Wing, Gilmore Girls, Cheer. I love that. Oh, Cheer is good, too. Oh, my gosh. So good. Uh, Go-to musical genre? Oh, I mean, like, ha uh, Wonderful Town, whatever genre that is. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> If you could do any other occupation, what would it be? Midwife. Go-to musical genre. Or, I'm sorry, go-to, I already asked you that. Go-to movie, like your favorite movie. That thing you do. <laughs> do you have a recording that you're addicted to for a musical? I mean, Hamilton, is that a cliche? Hamilton? Oh, I love it. 
fever. I gave birth to my younger son. I labored only listening to Hamilton, and we got through it two and a half times till he was born. Yeah, oh, and he was born and right at the end of Act One, like on the button is when he came out, and it was pretty ridiculous. Two and a half. That is a long album, too. Two and a half. Good luck to you. That's oh, crazy. That, that, that's a short labor. That was my second. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, good Lord. What is uh, your favorite old school Broadway show before 1970? Eyes and Bells? Uh, Gypsy? Ooh, I don't know. Don't make me choose. Both are great. I love them both. Uh, guilty Pleasure Snack? Uh, cupcakes? Guilty Pleasure TV show, like a reality TV show. I mean, Cheer, Teen Mom, Dance Moms. <laughs> literally the three best, too. Um, favorite holiday? Halloween. Favorite season? Spring. East Coast or West Coast? Oh, East Coast, I suppose. <laughs> favorite vacation spot? St. Martin. And then this Tokyo? is... Tokyo? Don't make me choose those either. <laughs> and then this is the last question. It's a three-parter. It kind of takes you back to being a performer. Um, what is your dream role that you have already played in your career? A dream role that at your age you can play right now. And then a dream role that if you were to still get... Or if you were to get back into it, a dream role that you can play in about 10 to 15 years. Is this like imaginary or things I've actually done? It can be both. Okay. Well, my dream role that I did play with Anne Frank when I was 16, yes. 15, I forgot how old I was. It was an experience. It was wonderful. Um, what could I play right now? Kate Chutney in Legally Blonde. Ah, uh, yes. And dream role for the future? The dad in Big Fish. Ooh, Okay. <laughs> I see you. Robert Leo Butts' role in Big Fish. That, that's like, that's a dream. I love that. I am so appreciative that you took some time out of your day to chat with me and took some time out of, you know, probably getting a billion self-tapes and emails. I am so thankful. Um, I would love for our listeners to be able to find you, to follow you, to follow your company and find your company. So can you plug all of your social medias and your websites for me? Sure. It's really simple because it's really consistent. E-B Casting Co. So E as an elephant, B as in banana, casting as in the thing that I do. Co, <laughs> like company. So ebcastingco.com, ebcastingco on Instagram, ebcastingco on Twitter, ebcastingco on Facebook. Uh, we don't have TikTok yet, but this quarantine is, is early on, so who knows if we'll have TikTok <laughs> by the end. Um, but it's ebcastingco everywhere. Um, and if you want to email us, info at ebcastingco.com. Uh, we have a pretty open inbox. Happy to chat with anyone at this point because we're home. We're staring <laughs> at our computers 12 hours a day. We're here. <laughs> I am very grateful for the time that we've had to talk about casting and to talk about your career and all that you do. I um, am excited for everybody to follow you, ebcastingco, everywhere. Info at ebcastingco.com. Did I make that up? Is that right? That, that's perfect. Okay, good. Info at ebcastingco.com. Thank you again for taking some time to chat and sharing your knowledge. You are an incredible human being, and you have made my mornings brighter every morning that we get to all chat together. So thank you. 
I appreciate you. Thanks for having me and stay safe and stay home. Thank you. I will. And I absolutely will. That is not a problem. Trust me. <laughs> Thank you again and Thank- take care and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Alrighty, bye. all around and here we go I need this job oh god I need this show our episode today was mixed by the incredible Kara Lee thank you Kara for all that you're doing for Triple Threats and Beyond guys you can visit us on Twitter at TTB with Roy. You can follow us on Instagram at Triple Threats and Beyond. You can go to our newly built by Katie Beth Barber uh, website, www.tripletreatsandbeyond.com. You can also go visit our brand new YouTube channel and see what we've got going on up there. You don't want to miss this. Stay connected. Let's talk. Let's talk about future guests. Let's talk about past guests. Let's just talk. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for staying connected. Stay safe. Bye.